Back on August 5th, 2020, we released an episode called Search for Shoes. That episode, we got to hear from a representative named Tracy from Samaritan's Feet. But it broke my heart to know that more than 1.5 billion people are affected by parasitic disease that are transferred by contaminated soil because they don't have proper footwear. That shoes, they can help prevent against diseases. They can help protect against diseases. They can even help our economic and educational opportunities because we have proper footwear. They can also help an individual pursue their dreams. So if you're wanting to know more about Samaritan's Feet, do so right now. Jump right over to SamaritansFeet.org. But let me give you some crazy numbers to think about. $50 provides a brand new pair of shoes and a message of hope to two children. $100 provides a message of hope and shoes for four children. This holiday season, as you consider how you spend your money and where you spend it, can I just ask you to consider giving a financial gift to Samaritan's Feet right now? Again, if you're interested in doing that, please visit SamaritansFeet.org. Thank you so much for listening and Merry Christmas. Hey, come take a walk with me, not like you used to do. Something different put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your mind and open up your eyes and Welcome into Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am not alone. Aren't we all not alone in some respects? I, I don't know. Merry Christmas to you. It is, in fact, Christmas week here in the United States. I always have to say that now, I feel like, because our audience is growing so fast in India. So thank you for the folks in India that are tuning in each and every week. We truly appreciate you, but reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can do that at OPSpodcast.com. That is an easy way to do that. You can do that on our contact page, or you can even do it via voicemail. We would love to hear from you as well. Hear your beautiful voice coming across the the voicemails. If you are on social media, your social media of choice, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, join us over there too. OPS Podcast Show, a little different, but still the same. Help me welcome in our guest. I, I said this last year and I truly mean it. He has signed a forever contract. As long as we produce this show, he will be here. So without further ado, let me introduce him to you. He's now former executive producer, Garrett. Garrett, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Neil? Well, it is Christmas again. The tree is up. We're not doing video this year. The tree looks a little different. It does look a little different. We have new lights. Is that what it is? I noticed the big blue ones. Yes. Light blue ones. Light blue ones. That's they always have to be wife. light blue. Of course. Yes. I did not participate in the decorating of the tree, but I did put the star on top. <laughs> yeah. So that is my job and chore, which I gladly accept. I think there's as many ornaments this year. Is it a real tree? It is not. We okay. still have a fake one. Well, you know what? Your your fake tree looks realer than our fake tree. So I think you're doing pretty good on that behalf. Yeah. My wife is anti-real tree. I, as am I. Okay. Because I don't like pine needles. Yeah, and that's why. So Ashley and I, my wife Ashley, we got a real tree for our first Christmas. And I said, we can get a real tree as long as you keep up vacuuming the pine needles and whatnot. This is not my chore. I don't want this. Ever since then, that arrangement was not kept up. So we do not have a real tree. You do have a kid now, by the way. We Last do, year I we do. recorded, you, were, you guys were <laughs> expecting. We were waiting for William's arrival. And he is now here. He is almost one years old, which is crazy to me that time has flown by that fast. As the date of this release, he is 11 months five days right insane yeah. he has his own personality now he uh has his own emotions which i don't think he understands because he gets upset at them and he is happy most of the time 
Yeah, we saw him the other night at the Christmas party, right. my wife's Christmas party, which you are a part of as well because you are now an employee with my wife. That has not changed from last year. And he was so giggly with my wife. And I was just really enjoying the fact that we could make him, you know, giggle and giggle and make him, you know, happy and then give him back. That was the best part, the give him back. No part. idea how hard it is for me to sit back there and be like, nope, just let him play. Let him play. He's fine. I don't have to be in every single moment of his life. Let it go. <laughs> It's uh, great, though. Congratulations again. Well, thank you. Awesome stuff. So, yes, Garrett is back here again for the Christmas episode. We we do this every year. We've done it now three years now. This, this is, is our the third, third edition of our Christmas show. Just to remind you, in case you're wondering, we normally do a Christmas episode because I don't want to put someone in this spot. Garrett has graciously agreed to, as long as I'm doing the show, to come on and kind of do a year in review. This is our kind of year in review as well. Well, there's a little bit more for it for me. The Part of it is, Neil, for you audience members out there, Neil gets to sit behind the microphone, be the big man who asks all the questions and organizes it all. And I feel like the Christmas episode is the, the time that we get to turn things around and put a little bit of a spotlight on him. And just so he doesn't feel that, what would it be? Microscoped in, dissected, whatever you want to say. I'm here as well answering those questions. I wouldn't ask Neil anything that I wouldn't ask myself. So without further ado, Garrett, I'm going to let you lead off. What do you got? You get to go first. So look at this season. It's Are You Enough, right? And there's so many things when I think of Are You Enough? And I was trying to narrow it down to something that Neil and I could both answer. And I thought, why not just have a list of are you enough? Just kind of take a little bit of an inventory, a personal inventory of ourselves and put it out there for all of you to hear, looking at just different aspects in different areas. Now, Neil's smart because he has a laptop and types things up. I have chicken scratch on mine and I lost the email because I did it for my work email and not my personal email. Shame on me. What's the top one we have on the list? Well, here's the thing for me to have notes is also an evolution of me as a host. Actually, let me cut in yeah, that. please. I complimented Neil, and Neil, I'm complimenting you again. Listening to the this season has been the best season, not only guest-wise, because there's been some amazing guests. Just listening to it, one, I have a note down here from a previous guest. Adam French was amazing. Just to throw one name out there, I don't want to single anyone out because all the guests have been great. But he was your favorite. You know, he might have been. Okay. There are so many things he so, said that funny. I was like, Just, I connected Let's talk with. about him for a second. Okay. And then we'll get into our stuff. So I'm at church one Sunday and somebody came up to me at church and they said, hey man, just want to let you know, I've listened to Mandanity, Are You Man Enough? Which is what we call it. Mandanity is, is Adam's book, but I called it, Are You Man Enough? He said, I've listened to it two times now. I can't get enough of how good it was. And I'm like, <laughs> did I miss something? Like I almost felt like I needed to go back and listen to it again. Yes. Adam was, was very well received. So that's yeah. good to know too. But he wasn't the only best guest. Every guest right. has been the best guest. And Part of it also, and Neil and I were talking about this uh, in the green room, the editing of the show, the quality of uh, whatever kind of announcements are coming out, everything has been spot on. I, I feel like since I stepped down as executive producer, the show has only gotten better. So I think I was holding you back, Neil. No. It, I, there's areas that it could still grow in. There's there's room for that. On to this. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for that. Kind words, uh, oh, Garrett. I do appreciate that. Season 10 is going to be here before we know it. But before we wrap up season nine, I do have a surprise. So so stay tuned. Season nine surprise forthcoming. Just a little tease on our season finale guest. Um, I'm excited to, to share that with you and, and share a couple other things with you that has gone on over the last three years now. So Garrett, are you enough? 
as an employee. You want to lead with that one? I'll lead with that one. Okay. We'll have you lead with the next one. Am I enough as an employee? Well, we just did reviews recently uh, from my work. They score up to five. And I didn't get a five in a single category. So obviously there's room for improvement. There was one area where I was rated 4.5 and they said, hey, you know what? We meant to put a five in there. And I said, don't. Don't put a five in there. There's no reason to give me a perfect score because there's always room improvement. So for me, am I enough as an employee? I would say there's always yes i am because i do good work i always for the most part bring people happiness in my job but if i I don't leave every client happy. If I don't leave my employers happy, if I don't leave my coworkers happy in the building, I don't feel like I'm enough. And uh, I'm going to pull this quote in early. Adam French said he's never enough, never enough. There's nothing you can ever do enough. But if you're in God, if you're in Christ, it's enough. With that kind of dedication to my job and making sure that everything is all I's are dotted, T's are crossed and everyone leaves happy, those days I feel enough. Yeah, I think that's important to remember because especially as a guy, and I'm making a stereotype here perhaps, but I think most guys struggle on some some level with identity and I think that's why Adam's book was so you know relevant and it and is very relevant especially for guys but more importantly I think I know for myself I have wrapped my identity around my value of being enough by what I do and I know for a lot of years you know my wife has had the more successful career we'll say and especially now you know she has a more successful career she's online now to to be a partner and, and things like that and for me it's always like wow you know, when we're introduced to new people and they ask what we do and my wife says, well, this is what she does. And then it comes to me and it's like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, um, I work at a, a retail store. I'm a retail sales associate. I mean, it just doesn't have the same, you know, kind of ring of excitement to it. And I think that's why for me this last year, especially in doing the Are You Enough? I've had to really ask myself, where am I enough? And is that area going to define me as, as my value of being enough? It does. It also makes me think that you should go first when they're asking what you guys do for a living. <laughs> right? So it's like the letdown first. And yeah, then yeah. The well, it's not a letdown first. So, okay, that's where you're, oh, that's where you're at. Okay. Right, right. But now I'm leading with like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a podcast host. So I usually lead with that now. That's probably a good idea. And then they're like, oh, you get paid for that? And I'm like, well, not yet, but soon maybe. <laughs> so speaking of getting paid or not getting paid, hobbies and passion. So the, this question was interesting because I I look at my passion. My passions are always my hobby. And I was trying to think, should I put hobby or passion? And I thought, what is Neil going to think if I say podcasting is his hobby? So I, I, I wanted to be passion. For Neil, it's podcasting. For me, it's running D&D games because that's one of my passions. I love it so much. So much fun. Neil, are you enough for your passion? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I still don't. I went back last night, actually, and listened to our two previous Christmas episodes, maybe to get inspiration or just see where we've been. And uh, it's always fun to look back, I think, and especially see, you know, the progress that's been made on the show and, and just the nuances that, that maybe not everyone else is going to pick up, but I'm going to pick up because, you know, I was a part of it, obviously. But I think for me, when I when I think about the podcast, am I enough for it? I, I think I am. And I think I've kind of now come to the realization that, I may never get famous doing this. I may never, quote unquote, make a living doing this. Because I think to myself, okay, let's say I did. Let's say some, we'll call it, you know, Snoopy company comes to me and says, you know, hey, we want to pay you to to host our show. Here's what we want. You, you know, we love your charisma. We love everything about you. But you're going to have to change this about you. You're going to have to change. You can't play the game senseless at the end of the show. You, you just can't. You got to get rid of that. Like, okay, you can't talk about North Carolina basketball anymore. You, you, you can't. You I can't was about that. to mention that one. Right. We would ask that you, you know, keep things 
from being personal. So you can't talk about personal stories about you and your wife or, you know, you and your situation or you and your whatever. It has to strictly be this. Would I sign on that dotted line? And I think no, because I think those are all the things that make this show so mine. And I think that's the other thing too, right? Is this is mine. Nobody is coming along to say, we well, can't do that. You can't say that. You you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't have that guest on. Or you can't have that guest on because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Because it's mine. I get to determine that. No one else does. And so I think for me, the show is enough. And I think this season especially has helped me really realize that there are so many amazing people that have carried this around with them for a long time. This, I'm a not enough. They've risen above that. And now they're the better for it. And to me, it's it's been really inspiring to hear those stories. So I would say, yes, I am enough in this moment. I kind of want to poke at that a little bit. You're saying the show is enough because the show is yours. So the show, you can do whatever you want in your show because it's yours. By it being yours, you are the judge of whether it's enough at the same time. You're, you're kind of sitting on both sides of that field, if you will. But I think the thing for me that I would say or add to that is I feel validation when, when a guest gets to be on. And I feel that validation when it's out, it's, it's, they're excited about it and maybe they share it, maybe they don't. But I feel that excitement of, I got to share that story with the world now. I got to highlight that person with the world that maybe the world has never heard before. So from that, that little piece of saying, I've done enough in this moment to be okay with it. I like that. I really like that. So my hobby, my passion is uh, running D&D games because... Which I know nothing about. Dungeons and Dragons is a group game where one person runs the game, they play the world, and every other person plays their little character. And as they're playing their character, they got to make decisions due, due to the conflicts that the person who's running the game comes up with. So it's basically them storytelling, taking turns storytelling, the dice uh, do probability, such and such, whatever. The reason I love the game so much is because people get to play a character they get to tell little stories and they get to feel like they're a part of something bigger for me am i enough i would say yes and here's my reason as to why when i run the stories the whole point of the the dungeon master is to have something a framework for everyone to play with and to make sure that everyone's having fun if they're not having fun you're not a good dm doesn't matter if you're playing by the rules or going off the rules. Doesn't matter. People need to have fun. That's the point. In the campaigns that I've ran, but my proof of concept, if you will, my proof that I am enough is when I ask someone, oh, what's the time that you did something to make the DM throw away his plans, rip up the paper, get it frustrated and quit. All of my players can say, oh yeah, I did that to you. It was this. And they're smirking and they're laughing the whole time because they're loving every minute of torture that they're doing to me. One example, I gave a party member, one of our friends, his name is Juan. He was playing a character and he had an item that allowed him to traverse to different universes. He doesn't like what's going on. He can go into this other universe. Dimension hopping, if you will. And I had this whole world planned out. They had just gotten there. Whole world planned out for them to explore and figure things out. And what does him and his wife do? They're like, uh, we're going to open up another dimensional portal and we're just leaving this place. I had nothing. I had nothing ready for what they were going to do. And they did this at the beginning of the session. So now I had three or four hours of void to fill. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And I said, all right, fine. You guys are now in the land of Oz. You're in Wizard of Oz now because you chose to do this. And they always remember that's the time that we got Garrett in a corner and tried to make make him trip up. And they love that so much. Ashley has other stories of when she was allowed to make uh, little sandcastles. And as the story progressed, those sandcastles told the pirates on the island that there was people on the island. Small little trip ups. So with that attention to detail that I do for the games, it enriches the actions of which those players do. And because of that, they feel like what they contribute to the story matters and means something. I think any time you're getting people together to really cause them to change or cause them to maybe rethink where they're at or maybe even look at something differently 
I think to me that's inspiring them to really push themselves beyond what they're used to. And in that, I think they find a way to say, wow, I am enough. I can be enough because I've pushed through this adversity. That's what I hear in you saying that. So It's also a lot of fun. You have yes. to think on your toes. We were talking about thinking yeah. on your toes earlier. Yeah, think so. on your toes. I don't know if I could do. I think you could do pretty well. I just don't. I'm not nerdy enough. I, I think. I think every, I th- here's my statement I'm going to put out there. You can quote me. Everyone could play D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. They just got to have the right person running the game. I've had a few groups of adults who were like, no, I would never play. I played with them. They're like, that was fun. Never playing it again. But at least they have that experience under their belt. We'll put that on the list sometime. Maybe on a bucket list, baby. Maybe. Down. <laughs> down to the We both are brothers and siblings. And so to me, am I enough for my brother and for my sisters, I'll say, with complete transparency, I, I would say, yeah, I am I'm definitely enough for my sisters. I've I've done my very best to to try to be there for them no matter what and really, you know, love them the best way I know how. My brother, on the other hand, is is really hard. I haven't seen my brother probably since last Christmas time, and uh, the scenario is really weird. Prior to last Christmas seeing my brother, I think I, it had been probably about seven years or so, maybe even eight since I'd seen him, really talked to him. My brother has chosen his choice to stay out of my life, and that's been hard on some levels. From time to time, wonder where he is, what he's up to, you know, kind of what he's into. So the story goes, I was shopping for my nephew, my brother's kid, for Christmas. And so Elizabeth had me go into Fred Meyer's, one of our local stores here, to get a gift card for my nephew, Cole. And so I go into Fred Meyer, get the gift card. I'm on my way out, and they're closing. So I'm like, okay. So they're, like, starting to shut the doors and lock the doors and all this stuff. You know, it's during COVID, of course, so I got a, I got a hoodie on. I got a mask on, and I think I'm wearing my, my show hoodie. It doesn't have my name on it, but it has the show name on it. Um, this person says to me, um, you can't go out that way. You're going to have to go out through a grocery. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'm like, well, is there any way I could like get through? I, I, I parked right there and the person's like, nope. Again, we're locking this door. You're going to have to go out through a grocery. And I looked at the person's name. I don't often do that, but I did for whatever reason that day. And it says Corey. And I realized that it was my brother. And even in that moment, there was no, there was no nothing. There was no, hey, bro miss you man it's been so good man it's been so long let's catch up let's grab a you know let's grab a cup of coffee whatever there was nothing except nope we're closing this door you need to go out through grocery and i i really think it would take a trying to be funny here a little bit i think it would take a hallmark movie christmas miracle disney special (laughs) to restore what my what my brother and i have equally destroyed do you think he recognized you his kids said that that he did Okay. I don't know, though. I'm taking it on the words of teenagers, so I'm going to let you hey, interpret that how Sometimes you teenagers are the most honest. All right, so am I enough as a brother? I'd say yes. I have two little sisters, one who's four years younger than me, one who's nine. We've had ups and downs. We've had a lot of stuff, and there was times where I was not enough as a brother. I could think of when I was in my 20s, and uh, I was a very, very lost young adult, drinking and partying all the time, where my sisters who looked up to me, I had lost all kind of credibility with them. Looking at more of the side of where I've repaired that, my sister Sam, my sister Sam I love. She's I love both my sisters. My sister Sam is the one that most people say she's the hardest to get along with. Ashley and 
and I were going to get married and we we're going to have, uh, we got engaged and we we're going to have three years before marriage because we were three year relationship in, it was another three years till marriage. When we went to pre-marriage counseling, uh, our counselor said, why, why, why are you going to wait? Don't you think God has a better plan? Ashley and I went, you know what? You're absolutely right. God's absolutely right. Let's get married as quickly as possible. So we got everything ready together in nine months and had the wedding. Now my sister, Sam, who got the invite said she thought, and I'm not sure exactly what was behind this, you're having the wedding right before Christmas when we've already had our time off for the year. In the hardest time of the year, beyond the mountains, you don't want us at the wedding. So for a year, my sister refused to talk to us. She was upset. My parents were trying to say, no, just have it a little bit later. I'm like, no, we're doing this for spiritual reasons at this point. My sister thought that we just didn't want her there. And it took a year until we went down for Christmas the year afterwards so Ashley and I could spend time with my parents and my family down there that Sam agreed to come down on Christmas Day for an hour with her family to open up gifts and then leave. That's all she would do because she didn't want to be in the room. She wanted to exit plan in case anything happened. But that Christmas, she stayed for about six hours. We hung out a whole bunch. I didn't talk to her as much. I said my loves, but she has two wonderful kids. And anyone who knows me, I gravitate to the kids because I'm a giant kid at heart. It's part of what why I love my wife so much is she's a giant kid at heart. Kids are amazing. It's why I, I do youth at the church. Kids are amazing. Teenage and younger. I don't care. They're all great. So I was hanging out with both of her kids the whole time and Ashley and Sam got to talk and there was a lot of restoration that happened there. That was probably five years ago. Flash forward to this year and this is kind of my confirmation that I am enough when I look at this question. My sister called me up and said, hey, uh, you got some time? I'm like, yeah. Hi, what's up? My sister never calls, nor does she ever ask me if I have time. She said, yeah, I need your opinion. Mom and I just had a fight. Mom and Sam never have a fight. She's She wants to unload and she's asking me these questions. And I say, hey, before we go any further, do you want me to just listen to what you're saying and not speak truth to you? Where are you comfortable? I want to do this because I don't want to ruin any kind of relationship we have. And she said, you know what? I actually do want you to be honest. And we had a really good, long, honest conversation about her relationship with our mom, our mom's situation, because my mom's fairly ill right now. And it was just really, really good conversation. And it really brought home the fact that we're both adults and that we treat each other with respect. And I've had similar conversations with my littlest sister, but there's never been a huge divide like there was between my sister Sam and I. After that conversation and her coming up this year with the kids to see our baby William, anytime I think of both my sisters, I can't think of how proud I am of them and how much they love being around me and having me as their family. Definitely feel like I'm enough for as a big brother. Uh, so let's go with father. You got a child. Wonderful young lady. I do. I always say 14 going on 25 because it feels like that. Am I enough for Adia? Boy, that's really hard because I would say the last like six years or so has been a shift. Her and I would play together when she was younger and, you know, we would do stuff and hang out and, you know, because I was always working weird jobs and never really had a good job until she got older. But now she's a teenager. Now she's even in high school, which is still hard to say. But in that, now, like, her and my wife are super tight. Like, they're almost, like, best friends per se, but my wife is a very good mom, so she still has that mom role, daughter role. But they, like, swap clothes, and, like, I, I can't I can't compete with that. 
I can't. I can't. I can't compete with that. And so that part is kind of tough. Is for me, I I have to try to really be more intentional in trying to be in her life, but not push into the fact where maybe I'm not welcomed to push in yet, if that makes sense. And so from that standpoint, I I would say that, yes, I am enough, but I think it's still an area that I need to get better at to be enough for her down the road. Am I enough as a father? I I look at my father's relationship with me. Uh, He was always the sports guy. He was always uh, the baseball player in his youth. He played baseball a little bit when he was working for a hardware store, a company team. And I, I was just never into any of that. And now as a a father of a child of my own, uh, William is almost a year old. I have thoughts and fears of what the future may hold. As of right now, it depends on the moment. I am enough when he wants me. When he doesn't want me, I am not enough. I am not mom. I can't comfort him when he's upset as much as I could try. I remember there's times now where I'm holding him and Ashley will walk out of the room and all of a sudden he's screaming and I want mom. Although he hasn't said that yet. He just goes mum, 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 mum. And then when he wants to play, it's dead, 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 dead. Right now, as a father, providing for him and loving him, I am enough. There's always that thought of, I'm a nerd. I'm a computer guy. I play Dungeons and Dragons. I am not the sports guy. I could play a game, maybe not so much now that I'm older. I'm not the person who watches sports on TV. And what if my child becomes that? What if William grows up to be the all-star sports guy? So I have kind of fears that I am enough now. But will I be enough later? Yeah, I think that's the hard part, right? Is that, you know, when we look at who our parents were, moms and dads, your mom, your dad, my mom, my dad. And I think, were we even enough for them? Were were we too overwhelming for them? And I think that's the part that I struggle with is I, I jokingly sometimes say to Adia, like maybe when there's been an upsetting moment or a moment where I blew it as a dad, those happen. I always say, well, here's something you can talk to your counselor about. (laughs) (laughs) Which I know know is not great to say. I really hope that when it's all said and done, like she can look back and see that, that I really did love her the best I could. I really tried to provide for her the best I could. I really tried to be there emotionally for her. And I think at the end of the day, that's what I have to be okay with. Realize that my effort has to be enough. The effort has to be intentional. Because if it's not, it's going to be just fake. There's something you said last year. I want to bring this up because I think about it every time he does something. When he took his first few steps, put some of his toys away, when he found out that two empty toilet paper rolls make a drum set. Every time I say it, it feels so wonky and weird to me because it's it's just these small achievements. Every time one of those things happen now, I think of you, Neil, and I say, well, I'm proud of you because of what we discussed last Christmas. For those of you who haven't heard last Christmas episode, you should go back and listen to it. It was pretty good. You have your quote. Here's, here's my uh, motivation maybe for us is love yourself enough to chase your dreams. Ooh. Love yourself enough to chase your dreams. And I think in that is not that I'm so in love with myself, I can't love anyone else. I don't think that's what that's saying right there in that moment for me. I think it's I, I can't beat myself up continually for the failures that I've had. And I have to look at them and take a snapshot of it and go, okay, learn from that and move on and not dwell. And I think my tendency sometimes is to dwell. Like, oh, I blew it as a parent again. Ah, I can't. I got to just move on from that. Yeah, I like that. So, Neil, you have a wonderful wife, as we were just discussing, who's successful at her job. She's a socialite. She's an awesome mom. Her name's Elizabeth. One day you'll have her on the show, maybe just passing by. Are you enough for your wife? 
Are you enough as a husband? No. I, I think that much like my daughter is is one of those relationships that I wake up every day saying, how can I get better at? How can I be a better husband to her? How can I be a better helpmate to her? How can I be a better fulfilling her needs? And so I always feel like it's like this bucket with holes in it that no matter what I do, I got to keep trying to fill it, even though I know is never going to get full. I know that sounds maybe counterproductive in some respects. Some would say just slap a, what is it, that? That, that st- tape stuff? The tape stuff. I don't even know what it is. I don't either. I see those commercials the all the time. The tape, you know what I'm talking about? The fix yeah. tape, like Flex Seal or something. Flex Seal tape. That's probably what, That's it, what it is right is. there. Flex Seal tape, yeah. Anyway, slap some Flex Seal tape on, on the bucket and move on. December 12th is always a special day for us. It's the day, and, and it's one of the, talking about the Christmas episode last year, it's one of the dates that, that we talked about of, of what happened when. That date is always special to me from, from a lot of different standpoints because that's when it all started. That was the genesis of the relationship. And so for me, I, I look through the, the sands of time. Have I given her enough of myself? Have I been enough for her? And I think that's the never ending quest. You talk about your, your D and D stuff. I'm guessing there's some questing in there. I don't just know. A, just a few quests. Okay, just a few quests. Okay. But I think in that is that never ending quest that I want to be the very best for her that I can be. And so I always feel like I'm always constantly trying to be enough for her. But I would be interested to see what she would say to that question. Well, you might find out. One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> but are you enough for Ashley? I mean, you guys haven't been together, I don't think, nearly as long. I don't think so either. We've been married four years as of as of the second. Okay. I don't think I'm enough as a husband to her either. Because men and women need different things in a relationship. Men need some kind of, what's the term I'm looking for? It's not assurance. Validation. Men need some type of validation. Women need to be cherished. Boil it down. That's how I kind of see it. And I could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe it's just our relationship. Ashley is a wonderful person. She's an emotional lady and she is the most patient and loving, kind person on the planet. The only person who I think is more is probably Josiah, Joey and Crystal's kid. If you want to check out who Joey and Crystal are, they're on an episode back in, I think, season one, maybe two. She deserves a more loving and kind husband. And I'm not saying that as in she deserves a different person than me. She deserves me to grow and share and fill that role for her. I do love her. I absolutely love her. I don't seem like I have a short temper, but I have expectations on my wife because I expect the same things out of her I expect out of myself. And that's an unfair thing to do. Uh, Another failing of mine that where I am not enough in that. Those expectations should not be there. Not in the same way. And I should be giving her the love that she deserves. So how do you fix that, do you feel like? Big part of that is bring God in. Because God's around constantly. I get to talk to God all the time. He's my He's my Lord and Savior. He's my friend. He is my confidant. By bringing him into it and praying with him, asking him to change me in that way, is one of the aspects. Another aspect is to get back to what we were like when we first got together and didn't have those expectations. That's a a mental change too. It's not just a spiritual change, but it's a mental change. And through those two, I feel like my actions would curve in a better direction. Yeah, I I think that's the key. As weird as it sounds is not having expectations on a relationship and really walking into it thinking, okay, how can I be the best for this person and really serve this person in an amazing way? And, you know, I could do a better job at that for sure. Sounds like that's what you're saying at least. Yeah. Okay. Disciple of Christ, talking about being he is your Lord and Savior, and are are you enough? This is where I really wanted to pull in Adam French's quote is, you're never enough. You're never enough. You're never going to be enough. 
to commit to God's kingdom and a disciple of Christ, you're always going to fall. You're always going to fail. There's a famous saying, flesh fails. And we're all flesh. But it's not about being enough. It's about working towards being enough. There's a, a love that you show God. For those of you who aren't Christians, being a disciple is growing in faith and trying to grow God's kingdom. Working towards that, volunteering for things at church, taught, learning people and loving people and having them in your life, speaking truth into their life, whether it be spiritual truth or worldly truth. Like, hey, you know what? I noticed you were a little harsh on your kid right there. I don't mean to interject, but what's going on? Is there anything more? Trying to dig into stuff like that with people and being real with people, being a family with people who are in your social circle, so to speak. That's all part of the process of being a disciple of Christ. And you're never going to get it 100% right. I'm never going to get it 100% right. I feel like I feel like that more than anything else in my life, but it's part of the process. It's part of becoming enough. Well, I think that's the hard part, right? Is again, I, I think everything we've talked about today as far as relationships go from family to spouses to our kids to you know our relationship with God, I think all comes back down to this active, continuing participation on your part, on my part to continue the work and and maybe that's why on some level I still feel like I'm never enough because I feel like I have to do more but I think what God also wants to remind me of is like listen you can do all you want but at some point in time you're gonna have to rest in the fact that I know who you are you know being created to to be and to do rest in the fact that you truly are enough and I think until I do that and maybe till others do that, I, I think that is going to be the constant battle that has always been raging f- from the beginning of time. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Um, you know, I, I've noticed kind of keyed in on something right there that we started with employees and got closer and closer down to the relationships with less and less people. If you would like, it's an onion, right? Let's take the ogre analogy. Ogres are onions. What we've been talking about is an onion. And we started with the employees, which are the outer lawyer. Are you good enough as an employee? Went to like the hobby. You're talking with people on the podcast. I talk with people in D&D groups and we got into family. And now we're in the most intimate of the relationships. You with your creator, your God. And what have we been talking about this whole time? Was it enough? Or were we talking about the relationships that we were establishing and building? Well, I think that's the key is I think in that, I think it, it comes back down to the idea that we're trying to be enough for these people. We're trying to give enough and do enough. And I think the, at the end of the day, I think some people do throw up their hands and say, listen, I, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. And I think that's why Jesus makes the statement so bold and so brazen to say, listen, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. But yet we want to continue. I want to continue to carry around this backpack of all this stuff. Like, oh, I got to do more. I got, I got to be enough. And he's like, no, 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 listen, you are enough. You are a child of the king. You are my beloved. That's enough. But we, I want more. I want more validation. I want more, more notoriety. I want more whatever. He's like, no, no, this is enough. I'll give you an example, and then we'll uh, play a game together because games are always fun. We love Senseless, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> and don't worry, I have not forgotten about uh, season finale and uh, one more announcement. I started a, a job over the last year, transitioned into a different line of work. And in this line of work, I'm training with somebody who has been with a company for 27 years. Oh. And uh, yeah, she's been there a long time. 
there was a moment where I'm training with her. I'm shadowing her. So I'm behind her. I'm mimicking her. I'm watching her. I'm, I'm not really supposed to be talking. I'm supposed to be just watching like a shadow would. Customer approaches me and says, hey, you know, what about whatever it was? And so I step out from her behind, if you will, the, the behind where she was where she was sitting. And I approached the customer and she looks at me and she says, oh, no, baby bear back over here. You're not ready yet. And I looked at her and I said, baby bear, who do you think I am? And she said, mama bear says you're not ready yet. Get back over here. That is the best thing I have ever heard. (laughs) And so the next day I said to her, I said, so what? You're like the mama bear or something? She goes, yep. And you're the baby bear. And that was it. And so from then forward, like anytime I would get stuck, I would say, oh, I'm just, I would say to a customer, oh, I'm just a baby bear. I don't. I don't know enough yet. And I would go get this, you know, 27 year veteran and I'd say, oh, mama bear, come over here. Baby bear needs help. And so she's kind of embraced it. I say that because in that moment, I'm, I am not yet enough to address these problems. I'm still young in that. I'm still learning in that. I'm still shadowing in that. And I think, I think to me, that's what life is, is finding that person that you can really truly shadow behind, follow after and say, okay, show me the way to go. Show me where I'm supposed to be and show me how I'm supposed to show up. And I think in that we find who we truly are and how we can truly be enough. That's awesome. Now, would you say that over at Dean Smith Center in front of 21,750? Absolutely, I would. Okay. Absolutely, I would. That'd be a sold out crowd too. (laughs) All there to OPS. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, the show has now surpassed that as far as downloads go. I was Have really, we now? really excited about that. That when I looked at it one time, I don't look at them every day because I'll go crazy. I look from time to you time. You have the now. itch. You want to. Sometimes, yes. I can understand that. Yeah. So a couple of uh, quick announcements and we'll play a game together. So first announcement is all month long, we have been really trying to highlight what Samaritan's Feet has done with their organization. So there's still time to take part in that if you are interested in, in donating a year-end gift. They are a 501-3C, so it is a tax-deductible donation that you can give. You can do that at samaritansfeet.org slash donate, I believe it is. Now, is this the second year that we've quote-unquote partnered with them? So we've never really officially partnered, partnered? with them. Okay. Yeah, and at this point, I would say we're still not officially partnered with okay. them, but I did reach out to them and tell them I was going to do this, and they were on board with it. So okay, cool. Is that a partnership? I don't I, know. I would say that's a partnership. So if you want to do that, it's awesome. They're, they're getting, giving shoes to kids with a message of hope, and just for $50, I mean, a, a small donation of $50 uh, gets shoes on a kid's feet, which I'm excited about, and a message of hope, so... It's really exciting. Second exciting news is next week's our season finale of Are You Enough? And I feel like I should tell who our guest is. Uh... Let me just say it's a long awaited guest and it's not my wife. So keep sending in those emails. It's not my wife, though. They'll be wowed I was by gonna, it. How I was about gonna, that? They'll be wowed. I was going to say you could give more of a clue than that. I did. But, okay. They'll be wowed by okay. it. That's my clue. They'll the, be the, wowed the, by it. When so you mean happens. Lou's going to be on the show, Lou Giglio? No, they'll be wowed <laughs> by it. When they, all right, we're moving on. And so last but certainly not least, next season, because again, next next week we'll wrap up our season, season finale day, which is always an exciting day for me. First day, last day, everything in between. Everything's exciting for me. <laughs> As we wrap up season nine, looking forward to, to the new year, we do have a theme. And if you haven't picked it up already, the theme is going to be the shadows. I'm excited for this because this sounds like it's going to get into the muck in the mire it could get in the muck in the mire we have we have had a couple of episodes already in production and so there's a little bit of muck there is some mire and uh, i'm excited about what that will bring so january 5th will lead off our 10th season the shadow that's exciting it's very exciting i like the artwork too by the way 
I think the artwork's cool. The artwork is cool. I'm I'm excited about the artwork. So those are all my announcements. Gear back to you. Plain senseless. All right. So playing the game, we got a die right here, and in a lovely. Do you still call this a cup? So funny story about the famous North Carolina cup that I have rolled with probably since the inception of the game Senseless, which I don't even know when the game started. I'd have to go back and look in the research. Uh, I put research on it, and they apparently were off for for Christmas holiday already, but. <laughs> The cup has had an accident and literally split in half, and so it has been uh, glued back together. I don't, I don't think it's watertight anymore. No, I never really drank out of it anyway. That's okay. It still works for the it dice rolling cup. It does still work for the cup. Yeah. All right. So I my do have a new me? cup coming, maybe on eBay. I'm kind of keeping an eye on, but I don't know if I'm going to transition. But maybe for season ten, we'll. I was going to say maybe you just need a new cup, like yeah. a brand new, new logo, new. Yeah. Maybe you should get another people's shoes slash. North, North Carolina, Carolina Cup. Cup. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Talk actually. about partnerships. Yeah. There's one Talk that about can partnership. win. Yeah. Jump man, if you want to come after us, we're we're excited about that if you want to. All right. So am I rolling for me or are you you're gonna roll for you? I'll roll for okay. you. Yeah, you roll for you. Okay. Because you're here. I rolled is that a six? That is a one. Actually. Oh, that is a one. Yeah. Why is the local on a one? Because I don't know, they're number one. Oh, I guess that would be why mm, now, maybe. wouldn't it? All right. So All what's right. number one? So number one, it, well, you've answered number one. You answered it last year. Oh, well, then you I have to roll, roll again. again. Yep. Six. Number six. I don't think you've ever answered number six. Number six is this. Garrett rolled number six. So here it is. Garrett, dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? First off, where are you going to eat? And then <laughs> and then maybe uh, who you're going with, dead or alive? That's a very good question. Uh, I The only place that's coming to mind right now is Jasper's because Jasper just has so many different weird options. Uh, I know that they have Jasper's like, being a hamburger place, hamburger place yes. here in Medford, Oregon, on your way to uh, Central Point. They got hamburgers from all different sorts of creatures, elk, antelope, crocodile, even, I think. I, I was going to say, is a crocodile, alligator, something like I, that? I want to say crocodile. Yeah, something like that. I just think it would be an interesting place where you could get interesting food. It would be something to talk over. There's so many people dead or alive that I'd like to talk to, but the only one that's coming to mind is, funny enough, Hitler. He's someone who's so vilified by our all cultures over time, and, and rightfully so, but I would love to see why and where his mind was, just to get a slice of that mind, to sit there and dissect it and digest it and figure out what went wrong or what went right. Where where did all this go? There's so much history, and he's already been broken down in so many different ways, but to actually talk to him and get his perspective, I think would be fascinating. But of course, so many other people that it's the only one that's sticking out in my mind but there's so many other people i'd love to do that with but i know a lot of them i may be able to talk with in the afterlife i don't think he's one of them that's my role what's you got well i was just gonna say i don't know why but recently i rediscovered quantum <laughs> you know i know talk, exactly Sean, that show. About you being a nerd uh okay so those that have never seen quantum leap i don't know where you've been but quantum leap sam beckett is the character's name but it's scott bacula so uh-huh. weirdly enough very similar name i feel like he's jumping from person to person throughout his lifespan so the Recently, I had a day off uh, from work, so I watched my four favorite episodes from that show. It's the one where he leaps home, and he's himself at 16 again, which I was like, hello, let me do that. <laughs> that, that would be fantastic. I, I would love to just jump back and tell 16-year-old Neil what's up. But then he's leaped again, like I think like a year later, and he's in his brother's platoon in Vietnam. His brother was a Navy SEAL in the show, and so he's in his brother's platoon, and, and his brother was supposed to die in Vietnam. I'm 
wrecking the show for those who've never seen it. But anyway, and they can catch up. It's, you're spoiling things for a show that's yeah, what easily. 20, 40 years old. I, I googled it and then I forgot. And then he leaps into Lee Harvey Oswald, into different segments of oh. Lee Harvey Oswald's life before he, I'll say, allegedly shot Kennedy. So anyway, so it was interesting. Pulled the trigger to, to watch that show. I guess to say all that to to say that it was really cool. Like I I think that would be just a cool thing to Between do. Between Lee Harvey Oswald and Hitler, definitely infamous people. Yeah, but I think I would like if I if. I mean, he would be one I would like to sit with. I mean, there's there's millions. Probably, if not him, probably Martin Luther King Jr. I still am sold on that one. Oh, that would be a good one, too. It's, I don't it's know. a tie I, right now for me, right now, because I just watched Quantum Leap, and I was like, man, Lee Harvey, that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a fun conversation. Yeah. I don't know. If, uh, for me, there's a lot of people who I'd like to uh, do dinner with, but uh, again, a lot of them, I just think I'm going to see them in the afterlife. All right, so here's, here's my role. Five. Have we ever done favorite taste? No. There we go. Favorite taste. We'll start with you. My wife's uh, lips. <laughs> it's, just, it's very sweet. It's a sweet answer. Yeah. She's a sweet lady. Yeah. Anyway, that's mine. Mine is not nearly as sweet. Mine is a slice of pepperoni pizza from Papa Joe's. In a little place in Napa, California. Not a chain. It's singular. The thing about it is the pepperonis, kind of like the Domino's mini ones that shrink up, except they're not mini. They're just that well done and they're crunchy. And the crust is like sourdough, so it's a little chewy. It's the best pizza I've ever had. Followed closely by Pirate Pizza in um, Lake County, which is also in California. And California has the best pizza places. And there are always holes in the wall. That would have to be the best taste ever because you can always go to it. It's always the same. It's always absolutely fabulous. Above caviar, above anything else that I could think of, above sweets, that pizza place is my number one. Pizza's good. Making me hungry. I was going to say, maybe we should get pizza after this. (laughs) So yeah, so we wrap up. Here we are. This is it. This is all. We wrap up our Christmas edition. Garrett, what's one thing you hope Santa brings you for Christmas? I, I think this is going to be an unfair answer. I, I hope he brings uh, the kids that I'm going to be around what they want for Christmas because that will bring me joy seeing the joy in them. Uh, I have no real hopes for Christmas. I, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I don't need things. I'll buy things on my own. I don't care. I don't need them to be gifted down. I, I want to see these youngsters happy and smiling and going, seeing the magic of Christmas. That's what I want. Yeah, I think my answer to that is probably very similar. I, I, I'm i now at the same stage, right? If I want something, I usually go and get it. And Elizabeth and I this year decided we weren't going to do presents for each other. And we told family, like, hey, don't buy us stuff, you know, things like that. And so, Does that work? I don't know. Because I've been telling Ashley's parents and my parents, hey, we're adults. Yeah. Give us a card, not a gift card, a card, yeah. a Christmas card. No, they still spend hundred two hundred dollars on yeah, us yeah good luck good luck yeah, with that well, neil it's working so far but the tree says other <laughs> you can't see it but like 90 percent of that is probably adia so the joys of an only child our tree is a full i'll post the picture on instagram and you can you i was can gonna see say yourself. i can't get under the tree i don't think your little dog could get under the tree no no he's too fat but <laughs> he's still adorable though yeah. So anyway, no, I I think uh, I think this year what I want for Christmas is I want I want people to feel like they matter once and for all. I want people to know that they truly are enough. And I I can't personally give that gift to somebody, so I'm going to challenge people to find that in their life this week. Is look around your life, look around your world and really ask yourself, where am I enough? And how do I know that I'm enough? How do I know that validation and where do I get that validation from? 
And if you do that, let me know. I'd love to, of course, hear, you know, OPSpodcast.com. You can, of course, reach out to us through the connections page or even through the voicemail. We would love to hear that. Or, you know, send us a message on social media. We love that, too. With all that said, Garrett, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Neil. It's always a pleasure. Every year, it's awesome. It's fun, right? Yeah. Still fun. Okay. Just checking. All right. With that said, everyone, thank you again for listening. And I just want to remind you of this before we get out of here. And that's this, of course, is remember when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned till next week when we walk in other people's shoes.